0: And welcome to another edition of the Authorised Podcast. My name is Kevin Hillier. And we're, of course, here for our very good friends at uh, CSCG. If you have uh, financial issues that you want to talk about, uh, whether they're complex or simple, uh, the people at uh, CSCG can certainly help you out. Uh, And they have uh, no correlation whatsoever to the title of today's uh, uh, book by our author and our guest, Thomas Mitchell. The name of his book, out through Simon & Schuster Publishing, is today... I effed up. Well, CSCG won't do that. They most <laughs> assuredly won't do that. And uh, when you when you get a screed for a book uh, and it says, you know, a hilarious collection of worst-day disaster stories that remind us that things could always be worse, so much worse. As soon as someone puts the word hilarious in the, uh, in the screen, you, you get a little suspect. But I have to say, this is a really wonderful collection of very funny stories that you'll absolutely be able to relate to 100% because some of these stories... Versions of it may have happened to you. You may have heard versions of it. There's some famous stories of uh, classic F-ups uh, in this book. So uh, it's, a, it's a good little book. It's one of those great books that you can pick up and put down. Uh, if you've got uh, 10 minutes to to want to uh, put a smile on your face, uh, this is the book that you, you need to copy off from uh, Simon & Schuster. It's called Today I F'd Up. Let's meet the author of this book with thanks to our friends at CSCG. That's cscg.com.au. Uh, let's meet Thomas Mitchell. Congratulations on the book. Thank you very much. How long did it take you to put together to find this this collection of, uh, of total stuff-ups?
1: Um, yeah, I like to think I've been working my whole life. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, it took about six months from conception to completion. Obviously, I, the, the book began with a story of my own, a uh, stuff-up of my own, which happened on my girlfriends, uh, grandparents, family, farm. And then from there, once um, the kind of book came together, I, I had maybe three or four other stories um, in the bank. And then it, it became a process of like basically reaching out to people, strangers, you know, friends of friends, and kind of collecting these stories, betting them, sifting through. And then, yeah, I kind of landed on 10 really you know, amazingly yeah, cringeworthy like <laughs> trophies, um that, that really, yeah, summed up the, the title perfectly.
0: And some historically famous ones. I mean, uh, Pete Best with the Beatles, and uh, and the bloke who sold, uh, you know, his ten percent of Apple for eight hundred bucks. So uh, they're they're famously uh, classic f ups, aren't they?
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. I wanted to kind of um like pepper throughout the book some of the, you know, the more historical ones. Um, I guess further proof that you know everybody sucks up. And I think that like you know it was actually funny. I spoke to a friend of mine this morning. He just finished reading the book and. He was he was talking to me about some of those famous ones in there, like you mentioned, Pete Best obviously getting fired by the Beatles before they became the biggest band of all time. But then, yeah, there's another there's another one that I really love. Um, This guy, I'm not sure if you've read it, but he's the only only guy in the village not to buy a lottery ticket. Yes, Costas. Costas, yeah. And so he's basically living in this tiny Spanish village, and you know, each year in, in December they do this massive lottery called El Gordo, the big one. And um, he's he's basically the only villager not to buy a ticket, and they you know this whole village wins with you know hundreds of millions of dollars of prize. And yeah, imagine being imagine being the one to be left out of that. Like,
0: uh, yes, and 121 yeah. billion or something it was Australian, and then, and the, the cruel irony is he'd broken up with his girlfriend, and she bought a ticket, but he didn't have one, which I thought oh, was no, hysterical.
1: Proper insult to injury. Although yeah. he ended up making it, he ended up making a film, a documentary based on his his loss.
0: So I guess you know, silver lining. Yeah, silver lining uh, for Pete Best too, because I think Pete, uh, Pete finished up getting a million dollars from the Beatles because of the uh, the repackaging of some of the earlier material. So he, in the end, he got some of it. But uh, yeah, that that when you get it uh, sort of as almost the supplementary number comes out and it's yours, it, it doesn't ha- quite have the same impact.
1: Yeah, I no, You've got to be a special type of person to be able to see, I guess, the good in that. I still think if that for me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, the million bucks is good, but also, you know, to be part of the Beatles, to be like so close.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I mean, it starts on a beautiful note when you, if that, I was, when I say the lovely story, I don't, that probably <laughs> isn't the right word, but the, how about the incredibly descriptive story of the pigeon poo? Oh yes, the um the introduction to the book. Yes.
1: yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's funny because like when I first started writing, you know, as I started kind of, I sat down with my siblings actually and kind of explained the concepts of, of the book to them and and you know talked about this. I guess the that central theme is this thing of Schadenfreude, you know, finding joy in the misfortune of others and and you know how that concept is something I think we all really enjoy. I think there's a part of us that has been maybe taught to. You know not to laugh at people you know just having a bad run of things but it, it is also like one of life's great joys I think when you see someone stuffing up and and you know you see a bit of yourself in that and we talk a lot about our childhood and and all that sort of stuff and and when that memory came up I was like, oh that is that is the perfect introduction to this book because you know we've had this really tense weekend away as, as most people know family trips can be you know as oh. fun as they are there's, oh, yeah. there's always like, <laughs> tension bubbling away and <laughs> I don't know why we went camping. My God, never again! But you know, we we spent this kind of tense weekend. And by the time the car had been packed and we were, you know, like in the car traveling home, it was all very—it was like it was a it was a pressure cooker. And then for that, you know, this person next to us to get shot on by a bird was just like the exact <laughs> thing we needed to just break that tension. It was like a huge release in the car. And I remember, even as a kid, I could feel that. Like could, I could kind of, I guess, like in some way, pick up on how for it can, can be an outlet for
0: us all. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure Freud would have found a lot of uh, interesting uh, work in there with the fact that the person was in a convertible, was, uh, you know, looking yeah. across at the poor people in the car from their camping trip. <laughs> there's, exactly. there's kind of that 17 layers in there that was just enjoyable on every front. The, good th- the thing I like about this in today's society, the thing I really enjoyed about the book is that I got to judge for myself whether I was... Sad for the person, whether I laughed the bits I laughed at, as opposed to when you when you to read a story like this on Twitter these days, you'd have one hundred and fifty thousand opinions telling you what you should think about it.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and it's funny you mention that because even even now, like obviously the book is out and it's been doing like some publicity and, and sharing some of the stories online or, or excerpts and stuff. And you know, I don't know if you if you read this chapter, but there's a story about a guy who gets attacked by a cat. He's yes, Mister Claus. Yes, exactly, and you know that I, I published this story, you know, at another outlet, and you know you, they posted it on Facebook, and you go and read the comments, and people are like, "Oh my God, you shouldn't be sharing this," you know, that, that this is animal cruelty or whatever, oh. and then other people are like, other people are like, "Oh no, you know, the guy's added it to this book of you know comedic stories. He's obviously laughing at it. It's just so hard, you know. We, obviously, we live in a time when." Things are just like so up for debate the minute you put them into the public sphere. So I guess it's nice to be able to just be like, look, these are, these are funny stories. Um, you know, I think some of them have a message and some of them don't. They're, they're just, you know, a reminder that things can always be bad for everyone. So we're, we're all in this shit show together.
0: Yep, exactly. So Adam's, Adam, Adam, uh, the uh, the uh, sort of object of Mister Claus's of affection, uh, he's he's a mate of yours. Yeah, he is a mate of mine. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh.
1: And it was actually really funny because he and I have done a lot of work together on, on other stuff. And uh, so I was, I was just friends with him when that story happened. And honestly, I, it was so, at the time, I couldn't believe it. Like I visited him in hospital, but the, the hand was just like an absolute mess. And then eventually, you know, passed, he got better. And then when this book came along and before I even, like I called him to come and have lunch. And before I even like got started on the conversation, he was like, you want to use the hand story for the book, don't you? <laughs> and I was, I was like, yes, let's shake on it. <laughs> he put his, he put his wounded hand out. But, No, it's, 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 it's been good to um, and that's one of my favourites in the book, I think, you know, because it's such a comedy of errors. Yeah,
0: I, I must admit, my one of my favourites, and, and and I'll preface this by saying, uh, as a parent to this, uh, I could relate to the Megan story with the baby on the uh, on the plane and the you know, oh. the captain hearing it in the cockpit and the and the the, the, the enormous. Pooh that the child, uh, you know, uh, distributed uh, that whole thing. That's just it's every parent's nightmare. I know, and so it's it's like it really is, and you, and you I just
1: you feel for the parents so much, and you know I also just thought it was so funny. I felt for the dad in the moment that you know the, the main character realizes you know the. The crux of the story is basically the dad taking the nappy bag instead of his golfing gear and yep. you know you feel for what that the storm that headed the dad's way and <laughs> you just know he's gonna be in for it. But it's funny because again like while while kind of putting the book together I just like sent the word out far and wide but I got so many stories from my my sister like recently had a baby and from her mother's group. Yeah. Her mothers mother's groups were just like full of disaster stories. So I guess that's a um, testament to the fact that when you when you have a new baby, your life becomes a bit of, um, yeah, so many balls in the air and things can go wrong.
0: Oh, yeah, and most of it revolves around vomiting, weeing or pooing.
1: Yeah, which, of course, are
0: the, you know, the holy trinity of comedy yeah. itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I think uh, the, the great English comedians of our time, the two Ronnies and Benny Hill and whoever, all uh, all built a career around, uh, around that stuff. What, what's exactly. been the reaction to the, to the book so far?
1: Yeah, it's been um, really good. Like, it's... it's it was such a long lead in and I think, you know, this is my first book and so I wasn't really sure what to expect. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a real wank, but it was so cathartic for it to come out and be out there. And then instead of just me talking about it with my publisher or with my wife or whatever, now other people have got it. And, you know, not only are they, you know, seeing me promote it, but they're, they're actually reading it. And so to get people, you know, contacting me and saying like, they like this or they like that and, and and seeing the different things that people, you know, enjoy, like, had a lot of people this week talking about yeah that what we discussed earlier those in-between moments in the chapters that are you know the famous stuff up from history and so that's been really cool to hear and then but also just hearing like which different stories like i've always got all my favorites in the book um but then hearing you know what people enjoy about other ones or what people relate to has just been yeah again it sounds like a real cliche but it's been like quite nice to hear and it makes it feel a bit worth it now that it's out there, and people are actually—it seems to be striking a chord in the way it was intended. I
0: guess. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's good because uh, as you mentioned, uh, as we we said, social media is such a a uh, you know a pack of wolves uh, sort of circling every single thing that you that you write and say. So, and I imagine you would you would find that certainly in in the writings that you do for the for the Sydney Morning Herald and uh, you know GQ and those magazines that you've written for over the years of recent times. The the pack mentality would have would have got you, I guess, once or twice.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: for sure. I can
1: I think most journalists or writers would probably be lying if they don't admit to that like, living in fear of being cancelled. You know, I think yeah. it's one of those things that you, you know, you put yourself out there, and especially like a lot of the stuff I do for SMH is, you know, kind of like opinion stuff, or like I had a column there for a long time. And so you're writing stuff that is very much tied to what you feel. And so, you know, I guess if, if for some reason you happen to put or uh, perceive to have put a foot wrong, um, then you're very much in the firing line. And even recently, I, I was sitting down to kind of pitch a bunch of stories and a few of them, you know, I was talking. To, I, I, I tend to pretty much do this with all my writing, but I always, you know, like, speak to my wife about it, speak to my friends about it, run ideas by them to kind of see how they do, you know, how they kept within my friendship group. And, you know, a few of them, I was worried about, like, oh, you know, could this be misconstrued or, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about this idea. Basically, my wife, she's, you know, like, she's a very much a modern woman would probably consider herself a feminist, but then whenever it comes time to take the bins out, she just refuses. And I think it's really funny. And I'm I'm happy to do it, obviously, but I, I often like tease her about that. And then we we were talking about that with a bunch of friends of ours, like guys and girls, and all the all the girls were kind of on the same side. And I thought, well, oh, maybe there's something in that like <laughs> taking out the bins is kind of like the final frontier of modern fem- feminism or something along those lines. Yeah. And then the more I kind of thought about it, I was like, oh, I could just be one of those things that, you know, I'll publish it and then the comments will blow up and suddenly I'm at the centre of this, you know, shit storm. But it is definitely a funny world and you just never know what's going to, in or what's going to kind of cause an uproar like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, the, the centre of the storm, you're not quite sure really. A lot of books are described as, you know, ideal Father's Day gifts, uh, ideal Christmas gift. This to me is the ideal having a bad day book because if you're having a bad day, pick this book up. Pick any one of the stories, and I guarantee you, you'll feel better about the day you're having.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, and I think that was kind of the yeah the intention. Like at, at first, when I when I very first signed the contract, the publisher was like, "Oh, we're gonna um, we're gonna try and get it out for Christmas." And I like had like a mild panic attack. Talk about a bad day. So <laughs> I was like, There's, "There is no way I'll be able to get this finished um, by Christmas." But I do think um, or hope that. It, it kind of is that, that gift that can work at any time of the year. And yeah. I think, and I especially, I, I, I reckon people, a lot of people will buy it for other people because I think, yeah, if you're having, if you're having a bad time or, you know, you're having a bad day, then just like there really is a power in, in reading about someone else who's just having like a way worse time. <laughs> um, and it's funny, like my, my old man is a criminal lawyer. We had the book launch last week. And obviously as is his obligation as a father, he bought like 10 copies. And, I was like, what are you going to do with all these? And he was like, oh, well, look, I'll just, um, I've got a big day of bail applications tomorrow. So I'm just going to give them to all my clients. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's perfect. If anyone could appreciate it, it's like people asking for bail or if you found yourself in a bit of trouble with the law, you know, you may as well read about it to
0: a bunch <laughs> of other people who are having a rough trot. Yeah, you think you've got troubles. Read about the people in this book. My God. Yeah, you could, you could have had your hand nearly amputated <laughs> to the cat. <laughs> um, the, uh, and 2020 was just uh, one great big huge bad day, so it's nice to have a book that, uh, that puts a smile on her face.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that was the, you know, it was kind of like a, a strangely serendipitous that it all worked out that way. Like I had, um, obviously I, I worked in media, I was a freelance writer and I'd kind of built myself up in, into like a pretty solid freelance rhythm, but then I basically lost like 80% of my work within two weeks. And then when, when COVID kind of kicked in and then this came along and, and so it felt like it was born out of, you know, this collective bad day that we're having globally. Uh, so it feels like a kind of a full circle moment, and I think it's nice to come out when you know the world is slowly kind of flexing its muscles again, and and things are getting normal again. So it kind of is, you know, a nice footnote to what's been a pretty pretty bizarre time.
0: Now, because uh, as human beings, we continue to f up at a furious rate, <laughs> we find new ways to to uh, to do it. Uh, obviously, the uh, the f up hall of fame is is an ongoing project. I would have thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, just keep compiling. <laughs> and that's and that's been the funny thing. I, I like since the book has come out, or especially since it's, it's I've finished. It I've had so many like friends or strangers or people just contact me and being like, oh my god, it, you know, you should have included this fr or You should have like, what about this or what about this? So yeah. I kind of started writing notes in my phone to be like, oh yeah, you know, I missed that one or why didn't I think of that one? You know, it, it really is the gift that keeps on giving because I think humans are pretty predictable, and one of the things you can bet your house on is that we're always gonna make the make the. <laughs>
0: Managed to stuff things up in the most spectacular oh, yeah. way so oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we'll find a way I, the, the and the classic example of that in many ways in the book is the is the dentist story with the uh, the family connection with the dentist and the tooth flying across and the, you know in the middle of a job interview all that that's the classic unique way of finding uh, how to stuff something up that was almost unstuffable I
1: know so that's actually my dad in that story <laughs> is that right oh wow. yeah yeah that that's um that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, that was and that was again that was like family folklore. You know, he'd kind of um he he'd trained as a teacher and then then suddenly my mom found out she was having twins and so he decided to retrain as a lawyer and he was kind of feeling. And I think that's that's what I love about a lot of these stories. There's always like one little layer that makes it that kind of raises the stake. Yep. And so for me in that story, obviously you know he was he was a graduate lawyer, but he was older than all the other graduates, and you know he he had this. He was going to this job interview, twins on the way, like the stakes were much higher for him than, you know, all these 20-somethings that were just kind of like going through the process. So he wanted this job so badly. You know, he, his livelihood was dependent on it. There was like stuff happening at home. So then to get into this job interview and for your falsehood to fall out and, and land in this cost cup <laughs> like okay. mid-interview, just, it's just like, yeah, when, when the stakes are higher, it makes everything like funnier. And I, I just love that um, about that story. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like I said I'd, I'd been told that story my whole life and and then to be able to use it was was great and it was really funny to sit down with my dad and, and get him to kind of like tell me the story in, in depth and get that on tape not nice family memory to have
0: yeah absolutely and in the uh, in the great cr- tradition of the uh, you know that great Australian folk hero Kenny you have a um, a trilogy of uh, of pooing stories to to kind of end the book off
1: Yes, yes. I kind of toed and froed like. On, on including those um, those three stories at the end because I was like oh, I don't want to you know I don't want to become that guy you know like a literal toilet humour but also like it's kind of like going back to the start of the whole thing you know stuffing up is funny and uh, I just I you know sometimes and I think like there's, there's a kind of disclaimer or an author's note at the start of that chapter that basically says you know there are two things in life that that we all find funny um, or something along those lines basically two stories are always going to be funny no yeah. matter who you are or what you know where you're coming from it's just like a universal truth that sometimes that stuff is really funny. And so it felt, and I had so many of them come in um, and I obviously didn't want to include all of them, but I wanted to kind of, I guess, curate a selection of the best. I managed to kind of nail, nail down three and three that are are quite different. But again, I just think it it comes back to that, that universality or what makes it so relatable is that it's something that we all have to go through, unfortunately. And, you know, when something goes wrong, it, it can just like give you that, like, Ah, that foreboding sense of doom because you know it is it is like a, I guess a private part of life and yeah. so when something happens you just feel that oh no this can't possibly be happening
0: to me. <laughs> hey was today I effed up always going to be the title or did you play around with that with a couple of different versions?
1: Yeah, uh, no, actually it it started out as something different. Like in the very early days, it was uh, I was kind of working with Welcome to My Worst Day. Yep, and which I was never super super sold on. It just was like. It was like an early idea, and then I kind of like the more I spoke about it with my publishers, and and you know we, we I came up with this today. I effed up, and then they really liked it. And then obviously, you know, there's a real culture now around like the the that like a swear word in the title. I think ever since the subtle art of not giving an F. Yeah. To be totally honest, at first I struggled with that a little bit. I was like, oh, are we just kind of you know hijacking a trend here just for the yep. sake of it. But then the more I again like some canvas people I trusted, I thought, you know, what do you think about this? Everyone seemed to agree that it was such a like etching title it really grabs you um, probably more so than like you know welcome to my worst day like today I stuff up is yeah it, it, it kind of really perfectly sums up uh, the mood of the book and, and I guess the that sense of hopelessness of when you just had a bad day and, and you, you know you just feel like the frustration of it all
0: yeah Well, you didn't F up the book. It's very good. It's most enjoyable to read. And uh, as I said, it's the perfect book. If you're having a bad day, pick it up. Pick any chapter you like and you'll feel better about uh, where you sit in the world. Good on you, Thomas. Well done. Thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, hope hope
1: everyone grabs a copy because I think at this point in time, we could all probably use a lot.
0: And the obvious question, is part two already in the making?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I've got got a couple of things on the boil, so... I'll have to go out and do some field research, do some more effing up of my own, and then go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you sit around and write books all the time, you don't get a chance to to stuff up too much. With my track record, I should be sweet by about December. (laughs) Good on you, Thomas. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kevin. Well, thanks to Thomas for his time and for his book. I'm sure it'll put a smile on your face if you've got uh, a little break coming up somewhere and you just want to pick up something and read for 10 or 15 minutes at a time. That's exactly what you can do with this book. And uh, as you heard, Volume 2 is already a work in progress. In fact, I think you and I are doing it right now, or we will be probably in the next 10 or 15 minutes. But thanks to Thomas for his time. But thanks once again to our great supporters of the Authorised Podcast, that is CSCG. They will not F up any of your accounting. Uh, You're in very good, safe, capable and knowledgeable hands when you deal with the people at uh, CSCG. Jump on the website and you can have a look at uh, the people that you'll be dealing with. CSCG.com.au. Or if you like, the old phone. You know that thing where you pick up and you you ring someone and you actually have a chat? You can use that as well. Double nine seven four they're always available to have a chat to you about your uh, your accounting, your taxation situation, whatever it is. 9974 Hope you didn't F up uh, today and I hope I didn't F up this episode of uh, the Authorised Podcast. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care of yourself.